previously on Dream Realm. As you assist with Elias' investigation, we have a drawing of a possible suspect still waiting to see if anything comes out of it. A drawing? How did you come up with that? A woman came forward with the claims of being raped by potentially the same man who raped and murdered our three victims. How they know each other? It's up for grabs. Some might work as independent hackers, others might be part of a group. So I've narrowed it down and I believe I have our man. Well, I sound a little excited over the line. The picture picked up a few people, but I managed to narrow them down and I think I have a dead ringer. His name's Liam Schumer. Liam Schumer was not expecting a stripper within the club to randomly approach him. Although he looked rather happy that a stripper was indeed making her way across the room to his direction. Hello, my name is Jordan. Jordan smiled. I just started working here. I thought I could do this, but I'm not ready yet. Who said you could go? Liam Schumer, you're under arrest for the murders of Maris Gibbons, Cindy Roberts, and Lachey Palsy. He might not even come clean. It could be a long morning in the interrogation room. You're listening to episode nine to the audiobook slash podcast project, Dream Realm. Voiced, written, and produced by me, Matt Rebar. Part one, chapter 13. If there had been outdoor windows in the interrogation room, they would have shown an early morning dawn prior to sunrise. Instead, the cold metallic room featured three individuals, one of which was shackled to the table. Liam Schumer had asked for a lawyer, and while they had obliged the request, they still wanted to question Liam, even though he remained silent. In fact, they preferred telling him of his wicked crimes while he sat in silence. It allowed him to soak in his own wretchedness, even though it appeared some kind of humanity in him was beginning to shake free, as his eyes appeared water and his neutral grimace turned into a frown. You're a brilliant hacker. Investigator Elias DeAngelo sighed. It makes sense that you were able to break the code to the realm and twist it to your own desire. There were so many things you could have done with your hacking skills, but you decided to rape women. And when they were going to go after you, whether in rage or desperation, you, you killed them. Was it because you had the ability to murder this entire time, or perhaps did the rapes feel real enough to make the murders real as well? Liam Schumer remained quiet. Leandra Summer's physical description had been spot on. The man was rather average in everything, but it was not a good average. It was the kind of average that was easily forgettable. The kind of average that wasn't easy to imagine. The type of average which didn't last long in your brain. Had the looks inspired the profession? Maybe his looks and personality were a turnoff for women. Why did you feel the need to rape these women? Jordan asked, her own voice coming to play. Immediately, Liam turned from Elias to her. Liam watched her with suspicion but partial interest. No doubt he was looking at Jordan as if she was a snack. I didn't rape anyone, he snarled, looking rather volatile at the accusation. Well, you didn't physically rape these women, but you and those other hackers on Dream Realm did technically rape them, mentally, emotionally, sexually even. They're still scared. They're recovering. They need therapy. You ruined their lives, or tried to at least, but they're recovering and moving past the crimes you and your friends did. So yes, you did rape them. Once again, there was no response from Liam. He had reverted back to silence. Not too long after, there was the arrival of a lawyer, which Liam Schumer had hired. The lawyer, an older man in his 50s, sat in contrast to Liam. My client and I would like to know what kind of evidence you have on him. The lawyer, Samson DeMont, challenged. These charges seem rather trumped up, if you ask us. 
We have a witness who can attest and confirm that Liam here was the one who raped her in the dream realm. We can also time to the rapes of three other women in the dream realm, the same three women who were killed, and we're currently working on gathering more forensic evidence. How long do you think it will take until we're able to connect you to one of these murders, Liam? Liam was doing an excellent job being quiet, although it was Samson DeMott who spoke back. Rape in the dream realm doesn't exist, and even if my client was able to rape anyone, it wouldn't be a crime. It's not on the books, and there's nothing real which happens in the dream realm. We won't be able to charge him for the rape, sadly, but we can charge him for the murders of the women he did rape because those happened in real life. Where's the evidence? Samson DeMont asked, looking around the room sarcastically. I still don't hear anything connecting my client to these crimes. How about we give you a moment while we go check up on the forensics? Elias smiled, standing up and exiting the room alongside Jordan. The two stepped out in the hallway where Captain Wilson Montgomery and Chief Eliza Rocco of the Cardonia police were waiting. Both looked rather tired, most likely because it was 5 o'clock in the morning. While Captain Montgomery ran the investigation and detectives, Chief Rocco oversaw the entire police force. Since this was a major case, both of them had come in after receiving word that Liam Schumer had been apprehended. Is he guilty for this? Chief Rocco asked, watching the silent pitter-patter between Liam and Samson. He is, Jordan nodded. He definitely has the ability to hack the system. We have an alive witness in the dream realm who can pin him down. We, we just need a little bit of hard evidence. Is there any update on forensics? Elias questioned, looking over to Captain Montgomery. Mm, they found a couple more potential hair fibers last night at the Gibbons crime scene. They're testing Schumer's DNA against all sorts of shit. Hopefully something sticks, Montgomery reported, looking over at Rocco. What do you think, Chief? I think this could be our guy, Rocco nodded. How long do forensics need before we get some hard evidence? I'll place another call. It's been an hour. They, they might have something. Montgomery left to return to his desk while Rocco eyed Liam Schumer. He doesn't appear like a killer, but then again, the most vicious can be those who appear normal. That's what makes him the most dangerous. You don't expect it coming. So we should wait for the forensics, and if those come back matching, how do you want us to approach this? Elias questioned, to which Rocco immediately responded. Hit him hard and get things out of him. Samson is smart. Probably won't take this to trial. And if he does, it's because he's stubborn. I'll call up the DA and see if we can get a plea prepared. Although I don't want this guy in the streets anytime soon. Rocco walked away so she could reach the DA. Liam will probably spend the rest of his life in prison, Jordan explained. Even if he gets the minimum, that's still like 45 years. He'll be 70 by the time he gets freed. What kind of life will he be able to live then? If he murdered these three women, then he doesn't deserve any kind of life. Elias spat as he stared into the one-way window. You saw those pictures, but you don't really have to see the gore and the blood. You know, I, I get used to it. I have to. But you still feel angry about it. You just want to see the bastard rot for the disgusting things he's done. Minutes later, Montgomery returned with a small smile. It's a little early, but the forensics team believe we can trace Liam Schumer to all three crime scenes. Montgomery's face was lit with excitement. They managed to connect a strand of hair DNA that belonged to Maris. They found the gun they believed was used in the shooting of Lachey at the house, too. Same type of gun. They're going to test out the bullet and prints within a few. The gun was hidden real good, apparently in a small space between the furniture and his bedroom. When it comes to Cindy's murder, they're matching the wire imprint to the type of wire they found in his garage. It appears like he did commit all three. I'm sorry, Elias, when you said you, you believed that these were connected. I, I didn't believe you at all, and now here we are. Man, you're an incredible detective. I was only a man with a theory. It was Jordan who was able to get the ball rolling. Elias nodded, turning to Jordan. So now we have to understand why he killed these women. That's really all we have to ask now. Ready to return? Of course, Jordan nodded, as Elias turned around to enter the interrogation room. Liam and Samson had been muttering, but stopped immediately when the door opened. Do you need more time? If not, we're ready to continue, Elias casually said. 
I think we can continue, especially because this all seems trite. Samson snorted. So what's the deal? Are we just going to go back and forth and then you let my client go or maybe charge him for some BS? Unfortunately, that's the opposite of what's going to happen. Elias sighed, although he was not unfortunate about the situation at all. We tested a hair particle found at your place and matched it to Maris. On top of that, our investigation at your house turned up wire and a gun, most likely to be connected shortly with the wire and bullets used to kill Cindy Roberts and Lachey Palsy. An hour ago, we might have been in the speculation stage of you as a suspect, but we're slowly getting closer to charging you. Then charge him now, Samson demanded, a battle arising between a lawyer and investigator. Well, we already did since he's under arrest, but we have a right to an interrogation. What do you want to know? Everything. My client is not pleading guilty, especially because of your evidence. Not too long later, Captain Montgomery entered the interrogation room, which confirmed hair DNA had been found at Liam Schumer's house matching with Maris Gibbons' DNA. Jordan and Elias excused themselves and walked back outside to talk with Montgomery and Rocco. The DA wants the maximum sentence, so even at the best plea deal for three murders could be worked down to 75 years to 62 years, Rocco said. I really wanted him to think about 50 just so we can wrap this up quickly, but he was adamant about 62 at the bare minimum. Obviously no chance of parole. Of course, you, we could get him to 75, but... It might be hard to squeeze anything out of him unless we deal a bit more, Chief, Jordan muttered. But with all this evidence coming forth, we might have an advantage. I want to know if he knows about the hacking or what he did to break the code. A bit later, forensics sent up files confirming the wire found in Liam's house matched the wire used in the killing of Cindy Roberts. There was also confirmation that the gun within Liam's house was the gun that shot and killed Lachey Palsy. With the files in hand, Jordan and Elias re-entered the interrogation room. Samson was looking rather bored with the entire exchange until he was reading the files a few seconds later. Can you give us another minute? Samson asked, his bravado slowly slipping up as he realized this case was screwed. Fifteen minutes later, Samson opened the door and beckoned Jordan and Elias inside the room. The door closed again, although this time it seemed like something would actually happen. So, any thoughts? Elias questioned. We'd like to strike a plea, Samson whispered. See, the funny thing is we already have an offer from the DA. He wants 75 years with no parole, 25 years for each murder. That's not really a plea, is it? That's the maximum sentence th times three. Yeah, no chance of parole either. If you take this to trial, the DA will shoot for 90 years. He won't even see the outside of a cell for certain. The deal is also based on the fact that your client confesses and explains himself and his crimes. Well... What if my client has information you want? Samson smiled, the word information floating in the air. Maybe we could shoot for 45 years, 15 per murder, chance of parole after 30 years. Information? Jordan questioned, burying her brows in confusion. What does that mean? Instead of speaking, Samson turned to Liam, who spoke up, coughing a bit before sharing what information meant. <laughs> if you give me a really good deal... Liam began, breathing heavily as if conflicted. I'll tell you what's really going on in the dream realm. Chapter 14 From the back room of a building located in the Urbana district, time period unnoticeable, as was location, a woman strolled down a hallway. Her eyes were cast forward, while her ears appeared to ignore the gamut of cries occurring behind the variety of closed and otherwise locked doors. It may be the dream realm, but there were some things which did not feel real to Magenta. Magenta was the nickname and the only name which people referred to her as. The name came from her ensemble, her hair colored pink, her clothes white leather and light pink silk. She looked more like a character from a superhero movie than a true real person. But indeed, the native Chicago citizen was just projecting a bit more persona into her dream realm body. 
The hallway broke off into a lobby, which acted as a connector to the staircase and elevator, which held together the building. Up above was the main lobby, which would then take Magenta to the outsider Bana. She entered the elevator, but instead of leaving the building, she went to a top floor and began walking down a hallway again. There was a difference between the hallway of small screams down below and this one. Downstairs was a bit groggy and dirty, dust and grime clinging to surfaces as if it had no other purpose. But up here, on the floor above, it was more sleek and shiny, an office than a brothel-like downstairs segment of their little headquarters. Magenta knocked on a door and entered casually, even though nothing about her appeared casual. The room was a humongous office space with a large desk, a conference table with chairs, and a beautiful view of the night sky. It was the kind of view you'd see in New York or Tokyo, as the large sprawl of Urbana continued and continued with no sight of anything made by nature. The constructive man was all around them, fitting on behalf of their organization. Magenta, what can I do for you? The man behind the desk asked. His British accent was rather striking and powerful. His hair was slicked back a bit, his face rather young, aging him maybe in the late teenage years. Just checking in. Magenta acknowledged as she moved through the office. It was a rather superficial office with no decor or personality infused within its design. Is there any word with Schumer? No, he hasn't come in the last two days. I know he's been active on here, but I didn't want to wait this long. I'll find him tomorrow night myself. The man sighed. Been a bit of a problem. A link we might need to plug. I can't believe he murdered those girls like that. Magenta sighed. He wouldn't have gone to jail. We aren't doing anything really illegal besides the hacking and what? Maybe a slap on the wrist? Maybe. But murder in the real life? He could get caught. He got too involved. It's a shame he was a good hacker. But for every good hacker, there's another hacker waiting to rise to the top. We can recover from his bumps in the road. I'm not too worried. Good. Magenta nodded. Is there anything else you need from me? I'm probably going to wake up soon. Just make sure to remove Shuma from our payroll. Oh, I already did, Magenta nodded. I'm ahead of the game, King. I figured, but I wanted to make sure. King chuckled, looking up from his computer for the first time. <laughs> After all, we'll need that money to push forward our expansion. Part 4. Don't Dream It to Life. Chapter 1. Outside the interrogation room, Elias and Jordan were in a miniature debate about how to continue the current interrogation of Liam Schumer. Along with them was Chief Rocco, Captain Montgomery, and DA Chris Glaston, who had finally joined them. Chris Glaston, who was Jordan's boss, was not giving into the concept of information, and was still pressing forward with a 75-year deal. Rocco and Montgomery seemed unsure, seeing the benefits to cutting a deal for possible information, but also believing that Liam's crimes did deserve a maximum sentence. We don't even know what kind of information he has, DA Glaston muttered. This could be some kind of game for him. And that's why we give a deal with a contingency, Jordan argued. We give him the deal of 45-year sentence, except give it without parole. If the information doesn't lead to any successful venture, we remain at the 75. Well, what could he possibly say that would warrant 30 years off his time owed? Gloucester argued. 30 years does seem like quite a lot of time, no matter what he says, Rocco sighed. Then whip up a paper which has some kind of rules and regulations for the deal, and then you can present it to Samson and Schumer, Elias muttered. I already have the type of document I need. I just need to fill out a few details and we sign the agreement, Glasson muttered. This better be worthwhile, Jordan. His information could help us understand more behind the phenomenon. We should be investigating it so that we can deem it inhumane, take note of it, and share what's going on in the dream realm with the world, 
We might not think of what's going on in the dream realm as illegal, but it should be, and we have the power to demand attention to it. There are men and women suffering in the dream realm because of hackers like Liam Schumer, and these dreams have real-life consequences. Glaston didn't speak. He knew that Jordan was right. Instead, he sighed. I'll offer him a deal. Minutes later, they were back in the interrogation room. First, you plead guilty and explain your crimes. Glaston demanded, eyeing Schumer with slight discontent. Your information can come after that. Schumer eyed Samson, who nodded, giving Liam the floor. I, I did hack the dream room, but I wasn't the only one. I, d I didn't even design the true code. I just received its benefits. I used the code. Yeah. On the Dream Realm, I did rape Mara, Cindy, and Lachey. But it wasn't real. It was just in the Dream Realm, and it didn't last long or mean anything. I don't even think you can call it rape. How did you know those girls? Jordan questioned. Maris was a freshman who turned me down back in 2057. We were both at Cardona University at the time. She was awesome, smart, and the only girl I asked out while I was at college. She was so nice to me, I thought she would say yes, but she didn't. She rejected me and barely talked to me the rest of the year. Cindy Roberts worked at Giori's. It was a restaurant I went to occasionally, and she was my waitress most of the time. She was a fireball, a real high spirit. I, I can't imagine asking her out. I never did. She was way too intense for me, although I wanted her. In Lachey Palsy, she worked briefly as a secretary at Cupando. We didn't speak much, but she was nice too. I, I didn't actually see myself with these girls. But you were a coward. You used a mask and raped them in the dream realm, Jordan snarled. But they looked into you and found out who you were. What gave you away? I don't know. I guess one of them threw me out there and they figured out they all knew me. And all I know is that Maris Gibbons came over to my house. She was screaming, yelling, and threatening me. I was really scared. And then she left, saying that she would make sure I went to jail and that everyone knew the truth about me. And I didn't know what to do. I was sleepless, so I went to her apartment. I knocked on the door and she answered. She tried immediately screaming, but I grabbed her by the throat. I... I wasn't even to try and kill her. I just wanted her quiet, and next thing I know, she's unconscious, and I realized I'd have to kill Cindy and Lachey, not because I wanted to, but they would know who killed Maris, so I had to act fast. I didn't know how often or frequently they talked to each other. Two days later, I killed Cindy. She seemed to have saw it coming. She struggled, but this time I had the wire, and I was more prepared. I was worried that Cindy's roommates were going to infringe, but they didn't. Lachey... I think she knew it was coming. She left a call promising that she wasn't going to say anything. Lachey said she wasn't going to tell. But I didn't trust her. I don't trust any humans ever. And that's when I realized that my two murders looked a little identical. So this time I got a gun from a gun show and I followed Lachey as she walked home. I shot her in the back. She knew her so many times I knew she couldn't live. And furthermore, the area of Cardonia she lived in, you know, I thought it would look like another, you know, senseless act of violence. So you killed them because you felt like you had to, Jordan questioned, while D.A. Glaston looked a bit disgusted. I, I did. They could have turned me in. Even though now looking at it, I should have left them all lid. If you know, they wouldn't have been able to do shit to me. It all happened in the dream realm. It's not real. Your rape may not be real, but your murders and your time spent in jail will be, Glaston snarled. Now let's hear this information of yours. You better hope I don't revoke our deal if it's shitty information. I'll tell you everything I know, Liam explained. There's a bunch of hackers on Dream Realm. They're doing what I'm doing, raping, assaulting people. They've created mods which they can do sexual fantasies with. Some of it's pretty nasty. The hackers behind it, they call the system the Dark Dream Realm, or the Dark Realm. They're trying to find clients. 
These clients pay an arm and a leg for the coding services so people can get off to their dark, twisted fantasies. How do you know about the dark realm? Jordan questioned. I was brought on as a hacker to help polish the code which was in the system, Liam muttered. I guess I didn't think of it as a problem because, you know, none of it's real. I took some money and made some patches, and I used the code for myself. How many people work for this dark realm? Not too many, but there's probably a couple hundred users. They're trying to expand slowly. They don't want people knowing about them, per se. So they want to build a business, but they're being selective. Well, they've hacked into people's data. They're approaching only the rich people who could pay thousands a year for the technology. That's how they're making their money. So the code allows people to rape real people and mods. Yes, they're working on more codes, but I've lost true track of what they've been developing. What else more could they do? Jordan questioned, although it was Elias who responded. Horrific things. How do we find these people in the Dark Realm? That's the thing, they kept a rather secret trace. I was contacted to help in the real world. I, I haven't met any of them in the Dream Realm. I don't really know too much about him. I just know there's a few people in charge. The guy who contacted me was in charge of the hackers and the code. His name, or nickname, username, I suppose, is Marzipan. Actually, we did meet one time at this place in Urbana called Soft Cafe in the present day. He was rather interesting. I actually can still remember what he looks like. We will need to get a sketch artist in here then, Jordan muttered. But you don't know anything else about the organization? I don't really know too much more, unless you have any questions. Chapter 2 Once again, Jordan and Elias were in Captain Montgomery's office in the Cardonia police station. Chief Rocco and DA Glasson were also present as the five of them had digested the information which Liam had presented. Do you believe all this shit that he's saying? Glasson questioned, looking between Jordan and Elias, hungry for an answer. Jordan and Elias looked at one another, unsure of what to say, especially because Glaston, well... He was already on thin ice about the whole plea deal for information. I do, Jordan nodded. I don't think one hacker would be able to break the Dream Realm coding. I think he worked with other people for sure, and it sounds like it's set up as a business. So yes, I think the Dream Realm exists, and multiple individuals are running it, clients are using it. We met women and men who were sexually assaulted in the Dream Realm. Something is happening, and from what Liam said, it's major. But even if it exists, what's the point? It's not illegal, even though it probably should be. D.A. Glaston was not letting go. What do you hope to get out of this, Jordan? Some kind of justice for the variety of people who are affected by this? Jordan said rather strongly. This isn't right, and you know that, Chris. And we all took varieties of oaths, saying that we would protect the people, and these oaths matter, even if these are happening in virtual codes and across the world. I just want to know what you want to happen here. Glaston interrupted, I am Montgomery and Rocco. Thoughts? I kind of want them to investigate, Montgomery added. We can't really stop them from investigating either. I mean, it it happens in their sleep, doesn't it? I'd agree with Captain Montgomery. I'd rather this go investigated than uninvestigated, Rocco explained, slowly busting Glaston's bubble. Jordan, you and I are the lawyers here. Glaston was servicing quickly back to his original point. You know we can't charge anyone with these hypothetical crimes with these hypothetical dream realm hackers. Liam's being charged for murder that happened in the real life, not rape that happened in the dream realm. Liam did not technically commit a crime in the dream realm. His murders are in real life. And besides, it's not like all these hackers are from Cardonia. No doubt some of these hackers are out of our jurisdiction. What are you going to do then? Have you ever heard of going above and beyond your job expectations? 
Jordan asked the DA, causing the three police officers to wince from the tone of her question. Because sometimes you don't do something because you want to, or because it's in your job description. Sometimes you just do it because you have to. DA glassed inside and looked at Jordan before turning to the door. You're still expected to do your normal job, Furman. I'll grant the bastard his deal if you do end up coming on top of something in the dream room. Glasson exited the office while Rocco and Elias immediately began talking about potential details revolving the Dark Realm. I'm sure we could find something to get these bastards on, Elias asked Montgomery and Rocco. There has to be some kind of law or some detail which can stop them from doing what they're doing. Well, if money is involved, prostitution charges could be raised against them, Montgomery explained, although probably be quickly dropped because it's all a dream and not reality. On top of that, if the girls that they are having paid sex with are mods, then they're not really having sex with real women, Rocco surmised. So even then, we can't really charge them either. Besides, it might be hard to find these girls. Then we arrest them, when in reality they're a victim, and on top of that, that these girls are most likely out of our jurisdiction, and how do we track them in the real world? Well, what can we do? Jordan asked, looking between all of them for an answer. I suppose we wait and see if we got some kind of answer for this investigation, Montgomery interjected. We can't assume anything unless we have something to truly ponder. The meeting broke up soon after that, and Elias and Jordan were alone in an unused interrogation room while Montgomery handled the rest of the plea deal paperwork. Eventually, the plea would go through a judge who would agree to the deal. Are you game to go back tonight? Elias asked as soon as the door was closed behind them. I am, but we barely have anything. Just a hacker named Marzipan. And why is he named after dessert concoction? Who the hell knows yet, but I'll want to know. Sometimes these hackers get nicknames that barely mean anything complex, you know? Do you think we can find Marzipan? Oh, I think so, Elias nodded, racking his brain for a strategy. All we have to do is ask around. I mean, someone has to know him. Maybe we can get in contact with other hackers who are on the Dream Realm, get them to cough up who Marzipan is. Do you think Marzipan is the real leader of this Dark Realm? Who knows? It sounds like he's definitely an administrative power, that's for sure. Who knows what exactly he is, but I intend to find out. Exhausted after being up most of the night and early morning, Jordan did arrive at work next. She handled some cases and did manage to speak partially with Lynn. The two were still talking, although there was a splash of tension between the two of them. Fortunately, her workday was light, and by the time she arrived home at six, Jordan knew it wasn't going to take too much for her to fall asleep. Fortunately, Alliance felt the same way, and they met rather early in the night at Oolong for memories, both of them ordering a cup of tea. Well, are we ready? Elias asked as he led her upstairs to the third floor. I think we are, Jordan nodded as she walked upstairs. Thank you so much for listening. For more podcasts and work done by me, Matt Rebar, check out my website at www.mattrebar.weebly.com. Tweet or Instagram me at Rebstar, H-R-I-B-S-T-A-R. And if you missed it, all 10 episodes of season one, Unconscious, Subconscious, are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and more. Until next time.